Thank you. So I guess the first item is the election of chair and vice chair. I would like to make a nomination for um, Alder Marsha Rimmel for chair and Alder Shiva Bardidar for vice chair. Do you accept? Sure. I need a second. I accept. Second. Okay. Anybody else? Any other nominations? Any other nominations? Any other nominations? <laughs> <laughs> Hearing none, um, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, so that means I get to stay up here, right? And then the first item is public comment. And we have a couple people. The first one, the person is Gregory Golumbic from Jennifer Street, wishing to speak, representing the community response team. Hello, all. I'll start by noting that the community response team has compiled a great deal of information on options, placing alternatives that might be of interest to you, and we'd be happy to share such information upon request. At the CCOC meeting at which this committee was set up, I provided a number of examples of beneficial changes to policy, procedure, and training that could be implemented in the near term while waiting for the results of the review. I see it's been printed off. Um, here, I'll address a slightly different point. One objective of this committee is to, quote, explore models and options from other communities related to policing and other police policies. I'll mention some models and options that might be worth exploring. First, I'll note that there's enormous variation across cities in the U.S. in the rate of police use and deadly force. It has no correlation with levels of violent crime across cities. Many people are surprised to learn that. The enormous variation across cities is clearly driven by policy and training. We have a compilation of pertinent policy differences for use of deadly force across many U.S. cities. For example, the Seattle Police Department and the Denver Sheriff Department have detailed de-escalation policies that could serve as models. That's just one example. Another point of interest is policing of people with mental health issues. One option that appears to successfully reduce use of force is the Edmonton Mental Health Awareness Model for training of officers. I've been advocating for this training pretty widely, and that may be bearing fruit. Today I found out that MPD is beginning to look into it. Another model of interest, especially for handling resistant people in crisis, is that of NYPD. NYPD policy and training on this, including the procedures used by NYPD Emergency Services Unit, greatly reduced the risk of use of deadly force for resistant people with mental health issues. NYPD does have some major problems, but in this particular regard, it has better outcomes than MPD. The Eugene Cahoots program, which provides non-policing-based mobile crisis intervention, is another model of possible interest. A few other models of potential interest in other areas include the Seattle LEAD pre-arrest diversion program that refers low-level offenders to case managers before any arrest is made. It's heavily used for drug offenses. Another that I've mentioned before is the Richmond Office of Neighborhood Safety, a violence intervention program that's an offshoot of the cure violence approach. Yet another is the Los Angeles Community Safety Partnership, a relationship-based community policing model that's been successful in reducing both rates of arrest and levels of violent crime. Deliberately curtailing arrests for low-level offenses appear to be part of the key to creating some trust. The Newark Civilian Review Board is yet another model worth exploring related to oversight. One of its unique features 
that a large majority of its members are representatives chosen by civil rights and other community groups, especially groups representing communities most impacted. It's a partial move in the direction of community control. About one more minute, if that's okay. Questions for one another minute? If, if possible. Sure. Another moment? I would be remiss if I didn't mention that it's also worth looking at models internationally. The recent Police Executive Research Forum recommendations for reducing use of deadly force in part grew out of examination of policies, procedures, and training in Scotland. Finally, on a slightly separate note, I would like to add that the community response team supports calls for community control of the police. Thank you for your time. Thank you. The next um, registrant is Carl Lansness, either supporting or opposing, but wishing to speak. Thank you for taking this on. I mean, the complexity and difficulty of this issue takes my breath away, and it saddens me as I've explored many aspects of it the last several years, since, especially since the justified anger got going. I've been attempting to connect with and understand all kinds of stakeholders on all sides and so on, looking for win-win solutions, as some of you have received from my writing or testifying. Am I a dreamer? Maybe. However... I don't think we can think our way through this with traditional thinking and analysis. Even though two of the universities thought I was very smart, according to grades, it was not nearly smart enough to deal with these kind of issues. I believe we need a higher form, a higher perspective, and a higher way to deal with these type of conflicts. And it grieves me to see the adversarial nature, the blaming, the bashing, the demanding uh, that... I'm concerned that if, if solutions are achieved by intimidation or submission to demands or blaming, we'll all pay dearly in the long run. I, I've seen that. I've experienced it and so on. There are better ways. Two grads of UW-Madison are internationally renowned in such ways, and there are many others. If, yes, it requires work, and more importantly, it requires humility surrendering our precious pride and ego to a higher perspective and even what overthinkers anonymous would call a higher power. It's the only thing that's given me some degree of hope or sanity amidst these type of conflicts. I think we can do it. I'm willing to help, and I know many others who are willing if there's openness. But again, I applaud you for taking this on. This is a huge task that I believe is the most critical task that this city has faced since I went to school here during the Vietnam riots, along with our mayor. So thank you. Thank you. Any questions? I don't actually have a question, but just rather a comment. Don't you usually have someone you travel with when you talk to us? When I what? When you speak with us. No. Sometimes, sometimes I have. Don't oh. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You want me to explain to others what these are? Well, I, I, I think it's appropriate that that is part of our work. Oh. So, yes, I guess Thank I you. For those who don't know, these are used by Marshall Rosenberg, teacher of nonviolent communication, who recently transitioned but was a graduate of UW-Madison, 
is a huge mentor of mine, and he used puppets to get to deal with a serious subject with a little bit of lightness. And he uses giraffes to represent the language of the heart, of feelings, needs, and requests, as opposed to the language of the head that most of us were trained in, which is analysis, judgment, demand. And he chose giraffes because they have, for a, to represent because they have the largest heart of any landmass animal. Thank you for asking. I was afraid to bring these up today. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, my, a friend of mine said, oh, my God, what's he doing now? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so next on the item on the agenda is disclosures and recusals. Are there any to share? Okay, so now we're to the, the meat of our discussion. So we have the four different um, objectives. And so I, maybe it would be good to go through them a bit and see how we see them playing out in the, in the real world. Does anybody have some thoughts to start with? Should we just go start with A and then go forward? Provide a forum for residents and members of the council to discuss police and community goals, priorities, and interactions. Build a deeper understanding of policing for elected officials and members of the public. Alder Bedar and then Alder Demar. So, um, so one of my thoughts as, as I was reading that, that um, goal of ours was how do we create that interaction with, with members of the public um, and an ability to kind of, because it says, you know, we create deeper understanding. And certainly I don't think sitting at MMB 260 helps with that. Um, so as we're thinking about future meetings and ways to do things, a couple of, of ideas that I had, one, um, of the location of our meetings and whether we can be in, in a more accessible location. Um, and the second was, is there a way to provide the information that gets presented to us at these meetings in, in, a, in a more user-friendly way to the public or, or make them available in a more user-friendly way than an attachment on, on Legistar? <laughs> so just food for thought. So as we're getting presentations, as I imagine, that kind of this says, you know, we're going to discuss and talk about some of the current um, policies and procedures of uh, the Madison Police Department. Can we think about an effort that's like making those documents and information available in a format that, that's easily accessible for people? Um, and that may require, obviously, additional staffing support, but I think it would be important to, to make it available in a different format so that we're reaching a broader um, um, number of people than the people that, again, are, have been absolutely um, wonderful in their engagement, but who, who know now have become familiar with our system, like how to access stuff and register. Well, this might be related to Goal C as well, um, and, and Shiva, I totally appreciate what you had to say there, but I, I think we need to it's AMC, I guess, and, and that is understand, take the time to understand where MPD is at today and what they're working on. Um, 
we hear bits and pieces and we can read what's on their website, but to actually, you know, spend some time understanding what they're working on because we know, we hear, I should say, we don't know, at least I don't know, um, that they are actively pursuing some changes and they just hired a new class. Right, and is training changing? I know they're getting a new captain, my captain. Um, Mary Schaff is moving to training, and um, Schneider, Schneider is moving to the East District. And so, you know, what does that mean? Was it, why was that move made? Was it made for any specific reasons, or was it just a rotation? And what do they hope to gain? I mean, with every move, I think there's, there's hopes for gains. And I just think that we need to take the time to hear from MPD um, before we start examining other cities and where they're at so we have some sort of a benchmark or a baseline for comparison. Anybody else? I just wanted to follow up on what uh, Alder Vidar said about the share info beyond Legistar. You know, we've seen um, city staff put up websites on projects. Mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, I've seen that for development stuff. Maybe you could have something that would just be on the council's homepage. And then I would ask Lisa, what does that entail? Could that be something that we would ask IT to help us with? Or do you have those skills? Or yes, you probably do. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we could do that. I mean, we do it for special projects, so there shouldn't be any problem with creating a page for this particular group. So maybe we could have, like, the basic um, charge on the cover and then links to Mm -hmm. meetings and documents, et cetera. Does that seem like a good start? Okay. Anything else on A? Should we move on? Well, I just have one thing to say on A. Um... Going by what Alder Badar said about bringing it to a more accessible location, I think that this might be an opportunity to use our libraries as locations to have future meetings. If I can ask a question. What topics would you be looking at, you know, as far as educating the public? Um, there's certain areas. I mean, we have our gang unit. We have our special investigations unit. I mean, so there's a lot of things that um, we can discuss or present before this body. So I don't know if there's something that you're specifically looking for or prioritize those things um, that you're looking at. I'll try to be older. Well, I think it's okay. <laughs> um I, I think that the public would be interested in special units, for sure. I, I also think the public would be interested in hearing about the cop on the street and their training and their priorities and the tools on their tool belt and how they access them and why they use them. I mean, that's something that I hear personally a lot about. I actually had the opportunity to be at the training facility and have two officers take me and former um, Alder Schmidt through the tools on their tool belt and why one is used versus the other and when it's used. And it was certainly eye-opening to me. I had 
I had no idea um, that the training went into this and why, um, what was their preference for different situations. And I think that's something that um, we all need to understand. So when you say the cops on the street, are you talking about patrol, MPOs? I don't actually know. I mean, I'm certainly talking about patrols, um, but it very easily could go deeper and wider than that. I could come up with some ideas and send them to this body. I would call myself, I would think, I would add um, the um, mental health officers. I know it's a new unit, but... What's the training? You know, is it, it's, we know it's volunteer, but what, what else do we need to know about that program? And, you know, we have that really great booklet the first year in review, but maybe we could go through that. Okay. Rebecca. Um, going back to A and also referring to C, we, should, we could have maybe organized our goals a little bit better because they're so interrelated. Um, but I think certainly... Um, not only our current use of force policy, but how it has historically changed over time, and what were the what were the drivers behind those changes? Um, and I think for A, what we're trying to do is we're doing something a little bit different than what our commu- committees usually do. We're providing a forum, and that means we don't have the last word on what policies do people want to hear about. So I think it's going to be fluid, and I know we really appreciate your presence, and we will appreciate your um, patience as people in the community come out with their concerns and issues and say, we need to know more about this, or we have a problem with what we just learned. So I kind of I feel like we are entering a different kind of space here with how we intend to create new policy and understand already existing conditions. And um, so, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was taking it as, you know, if you wanted the information first, not necessarily just for the community, but as educating this body, you know, that's what I was thinking. I think we need to discuss, we really need to discuss that, and it's all going to be, we need to discuss that. Taking it a step further, um, with Alder Kimball, what she was talking about. And we have listed four goals, and I'm sure that all five of us, members of this committee, gave it thought beforehand. Mm -hmm. And certainly um, it takes this very seriously, and yet there might be changes to this as well. And I just want to throw that out there right now, is that we haven't heard Um, from a lot of people yet, and we will continue to hear. And that might also inform our goals or our ultimate goal. They might not be done. And I just want to put that out there because I generally any project that I've been involved in with my history, where you start um, sometimes develops as you move forward. Hopefully it develops, and hopefully that will be part of this, too, that they'll become richer. Anything else on A? 
maybe to follow up on your point about the libraries, I mean, are we going to be, I assume we're meeting monthly for a while, and maybe we should have a schedule where we kind of find other locations? And then I guess well, we could discuss it at the end. Okay, so let's put that as a placeholder from the end. Okay, um, and B, explore models and options from other communities related to policing and other police policies. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, I sort of I don't I haven't really talked to Heather about this lately, but I've been like I was consenting her articles, and she's been probably looking for stuff. And look, she even has paper to wave at us. Like she's collected information. <laughs> so maybe Heather, you could talk about some of the stuff you do, what you've seen, and at least help us sort of see what's out there that from your perspective. Well, sure. Um, we've we've been exchanging over the last month or so um, different resources that we've come across, and I'm, I'm sure there are a host more from MPD and and other groups. Um, so we're collecting a rolling list of documents. There are three documents um, Lisa and I discussed earlier that might be of interest to this committee and might be of interest um, in particular to hear how MPD is looking at these documents and maybe implementing some of these recommendations already. The President's Task Force on 20th Century, 21st Century Policing, um, issued May 2015. The United Way, Dane County Special Community Police Task Force recommendations regarding police use of force, issued February 19, 2016, um, which had support from the city. The Guiding Principles on Use of Force from the Police Executive Research Forum, I think Greg also mentioned these from March 2016. Um, those are all um, guiding framing documents that we can be looking at. Um, and then we have a series of articles and stories and um, um, bodies from other communities that interact with the police that are that are interesting. So we're collecting a list, and I, I think maybe uh, a suggestion about a way to proceed is folks could send me, and I could keep a rolling list, or at least we can keep a rolling list of these materials. And, and again, I think if part of our, our um, task of the committee is also to, again, really engage the community in a different way. That would be a perfect, but that um, the bibliography um, of things would be, that would be a perfect place to keep it would be on that page so that other people can also access it and read these documents. And so it's not an insider conversation. It's really, you know, we want to provide this, this Links because I think it's very hard for anybody that tries to follow these conversations unless this is what you want to like really focus on to keep up with everything that's being published, that's being said, that good articles, you know. So I think that would be a great place. And so I guess the question to me is that there's all this stuff out there. Is there some way that, I mean, should we have like a, a next meeting where we kind of take some of these three initial things and pick out sort of broad themes and then pursue those? We could do that. Um, I could provide a summary of those three reports um, to this committee, which might be a way, to, a way to start looking at it. I know that the Dane County um, report has 150 recommendations alone for Dane County, um, but it, it would be, I mean, maybe that's, that's something Captain Wheeler and I can work together on to see where, you know, where in process some of those may already be. 
And um, also, I mean, we're just paying almost a half a million dollars for our very own uh, custom-made tailored study. Um, so if it's studies we want to look at, that will also be there. And I just want to reiterate that we, we are, this committee is really trying to do something different around our relationship with the community on an issue that has been extremely divisive and emotional for everyone. And if we can concentrate on creating a space and, and setting the table and inviting as many people in on that conversation, if, if we can start there and really have that as a priority and use the studies to, to inform what happens, but to really center the discussion on our issues right here. One of our colleagues just sent us an email thread with the chief and asked us to deal with this. Um, so there are, you know, and we're not going to deal with this today, but there are very, you know, there are very specific asks that I think I know my constituents have been asking me, what are you going to do about X, Y, or Z? And, you know, I think we need those people to come and say what that X, Y, and Z is and for all of us to hear it at a table where we're all, you know, sitting together in an intentional space. Um, so, yes, um, studies and yes, knowing that we're having our own study done. But if we can start off by really thinking about how we're building relationships with people um, in our community and in the police department who want to move forward with this conversation um, and really fo focusing on that first and not so much info, info. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I feel like I would like to use my energies over the next month until our next meeting. Um, thank you. All the I, I, I agree, and I, I mean, I don't have, I think this is different than anything we've done, so I don't have a clear kind of thinking of how we can make it happen, but I really would like this to be more of a um, conversation and a forum to really be able to, like, share back and forth amongst us, but with the community and you know, whoever decides to come to to, to participate in the dialogue than than our usual kind of very formal, structured way that we try to do things. Um, because I think that certainly um, I have not seen that way create a path to a, a good conversation. Um, quite the opposite. I think it's created more divisiveness than anything else. So I'm just... You know, if we can, we can really be open, and I, I don't know what that would take from our community. We, we do have, you know, rules that we're supposed to follow, but I guess, you know, the chair and the vice chair can talk about, can we create some kind of ground rules for this committee that are a little bit different than what we do? So somebody in the public wants to raise their hand and say something, can we actually allow that? And, and then, I, you know, and... and Right, more more of a com a conversation, just like mm -hmm. normal people will have in kind of <laughs> normal environments that you walk away thinking, okay, I may have disagreed, but I had actually a dialogue. It wasn't like you presented, I presented, and then somebody's supposed to like say you're right, you're wrong. So, 
that would be very helpful. Anything else on, on B? Provide a forum for information sharing regarding police training policies, data, and trends, including detailed presentations from the MPD relating related to policing. I think we kind of touched on some of this mm -hmm. before. Are there yeah. more things that we would want to add? I guess I would like. Oh, go ahead. That's okay. I was just it, on the page that's created. I think we would be able to link to um, different pages on MPD's site that might be of interest to the public that they're going to be sharing with us. And if it's not on their site, if it's ongoing, then to provide that information there as well. I, I love the idea of having a place where all of this is housed and people don't have to go searching for it. Because I, I even find our website challenging sometimes. So. And I, I use it regularly. I would add, um, having a represent, a represented a district that when I first came in a neighborhood, that is, that had a neighborhood officer and then lost it, I'd like to kind of delve more into the, like, we've evolved from neighborhood officers to, well, not evolved, we have them, but we have community resource teams. And so those of them were neighborhood-focused um, staff and sort of the relationship they, how we see them now, are they doing what we need them to do? You know, I mean, I have like lots of thoughts I won't go into right now, but having watched the succession of, of CRT people come and go and like how then you're suddenly as a neighbor going, oh, hi, you're who now? And, you know, maybe that's something we can look at. I have a lot of thoughts. So we, I mean, we talk about is that there's trauma all around, right? And we know police officers who are involved in these, you know, officer-involved shootings have trauma. And how do, what are we providing to them? What kind of resources? And I know we kind of balance that with, um, con, you know, union contracts and what, you know, those kind of negotiations are also kind of an overlay in this. But so how are we helping create, um, you know, helping people survive and thrive under these really incredibly, sometimes intense working situations. And so I would like to learn that. I mean, it gets to the mental health officers, but it gets to a broader policy. I'm sorry, Marcia, are you talking about the officers or the people? I know about the people, but I, I was only talking about the officers. I agree we could do it broader, but I just want to... I, I would recommend that we have Teresa Martinez in to talk to us in some detail about some of the work that she does and also that there's outside professionals that are hired in addition to her office. It's available to all of us, of course, but I think MPD and FIRE um, represent a lot of her work. Yes, we do have an SOP on the aftercare after officer involvement. So, and I, I think that piece of it is important. I guess I'm, I'm interested in understanding not only that critical incident piece, but what is being done for well-being and 
of officers in general. So, you know, the, the Healthy Minds initiatives and, and really the partnerships that are happening and how, how broad and how broad and deep is that within the Madison Police Department? Because um, I, I hear kind of different pieces of it, and I like to really better understand from you, like how what does it really look like? Because again, I, I, I think the critical incidence is one piece, but it's the the daily mm-hmm. interactions. It is the daily interactions with with our with the community and the, the just the work. And, and how do you balance, do you keep healthy is I like to and I just want to step back for a few seconds because one of the things that I get asked is why we we made a call and the Capitol Police showed up they're not supposed to be over here so what is the relationship between the Capitol Police UW and, you know, the Madison PD. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know they can come. I'm not saying right. they can't. But to the average person, they're, they're waiting for someone from South District to show up. And someone crossed the line and came to their house. And now they want to know why it's Capitol Police or why it's UW. So if you can, I mean, just put that on your task list. Okay. This is getting long. Are <laughs> <laughs> there any other um, items? So, how are we, are we just going to add as we go? I mean, is that because you know, mm-hmm. as people email us. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I know I spoke earlier to refining goals and deepening them as we move forward. And at the same time, we could spend our lifetime, I think, on this topic. And so we, we do have the great possibility of having scope creep and just meeting and understanding. And so having goals and working towards them is important and and not allowing that to happen in, you know scope creep in a, in a huge big way because we'll never we'll never be done and goal four here is to report back to council I know that um, our instructions are to report back to CCOC I think monthly um, which is great but we also um, have a charge of reporting back to the full council and to give them meaningful updates. I, I think we need to be working through a plan, ch- checking things off, so to speak. And I don't want it to sound like it's a task list because it, it is so important and so um, broad and deep, and yet we, we could be at this for years. And I don't think anyone, that wasn't the intention, right? It's to to get in and understand and make some recommendations because our constituents want to understand. We, I feel they're expecting that from us. So to not promote scope creep, maybe we should just pile it on then now if you have more ideas of that and then we can refine it or organize it 
And so then that leads me to say I would want to add um, there's, you know, a national conversation about the prison, the school-to-prison pipeline. And, you know, we know about the racial disparities in Dane County. So how did the police fit into this continuum? You know, I, I won't say what people tell me, but it's like people just say, well, how can it be if we have this really great police department? How does this happen? So how do we help explain that or understand what we need to do to make that change, that culture change, and or, and how do the police play a part of that? And I guess you get the big idea here. Something that I've often, and I've brought up a couple times, that I would like us to have to, to take on a little bit, so if nothing more, then we can speak to it, is um, I know we have mental health officers, but many times they're not social workers, nor are they trained social workers. And I'm told I'm not verified this, but I'm told that some years ago that the county provided a social worker to go on certain incidents. And I don't even know what the criteria was for the social worker to be called and to meet at the scene and provide help to not only officers, but to residents in in trauma and getting them help immediately. And when I ask um, about this and why we couldn't hire social workers since this wasn't happening um, to do this, I was told because it's the county's responsibility. And I just think that we need to look at that because if the county's not doing it and the county's not going to do it, do, do we look at that not only for the residents of our city, but also for the officers. I don't think, this is just me, um, but I don't think a, an officer can be an officer and a social worker. They're very different jobs, and they go about things in very different ways. And which hat do you have on? And that doesn't mean an officer can't be compassionate, or, you know, I mean, because I believe that they are. But it's very different jobs. And I would just like us to make sure that we take a look at that. And are we appropriately staffed to do the work that needs that our city needs? Okay. Any other suggestions? Well, speaking of the county, maybe a, a comparison between county policies and practices county sheriff policies and practices, and city police policies and practices. Speaking of that, I mean, I don't know if that's like someone's huge dissertation or if that's something that's easy to make a chart out of. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Um, just to respond to uh, Denise about the scope creep and timeline, there is an implicit timeline here because uh, indeed it, we're supposed to make recommendations while waiting for the results of the ad hoc review of police and policies procedures. And that's, you know, those, we're going to have those in six to nine months. Right. So I think we do have a general time by which the work of this committee um, should be done and we should have some recommendations. Um, which means we need to use our time really wisely. 
and get information, you know, use our time in our committee to get information and build relationships in ways that we can't do over email. That's right. right. That's right. Or by reading documents. I'm sorry. I've just also got a lot of ideas. And the more we talk, I mean, the more this bubbles up. Um, we also have an ad hoc committee of residents of the city um, that we should make sure are up, up to date and getting information that we receive. I mean, we're going to be making recommendations, but they can also be educating themselves as we are uh, along the way and understanding what we're looking at. And I'm not saying be in our conversation, although they'd be welcome, um, but they need to be able to be provided the information um, and encouraged. Encouraged. In the interest of moving this along a little, shall we go to D? <laughs> um, make recommendations to the council on ter term policy procedures and training while waiting for the results of the ad hoc review of police policies and procedures. So, so I mean, I think that kind of um, goes to, to what um, Alder Campbell was saying, which is, I mean, we, you know, I, we should recommend certain things. Um, I, I don't think I'd be like saying something that's like extraordinarily surprising to anybody, but I think certainly the conversation in the community and at um, our council meetings, it's just the meetings have been around use of force and whether we do have the right policy around use of force. So I, I, some, I have a sense of urgency of prioritizing mm -hmm. that. I don't have, I, mean, I want to clearly say I don't have enough information right now to be saying where, what, mm -hmm. but clearly that's a, a big conversation, I mean, that's like a key conversation. So I think if we're going to you know, do anything in this short term, that's, the con that's where we should start. I mean, so when we're saying you present us all, by now we've like made a list of everything you do, but I like to start with clearly explain to me and to the public in detail, not like we, we got it right and this is what the legal requirement is. Like let's like peel the onion like deeply and have a conversation and ask the questions and have, you know, again, and compare it. That's what the other sources are for. And, and let's have that conversation and let's decide what our recommendation is. I mean, I think there is an expectation that we will make it some kind of recommendation Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I like to prioritize that. I don't, you know. Um, I think that's important because that's in the forefront of most people's of public and of our constituents' mind. We're going <clears> to <throat> do a laser focus. It would be the difference between immediate and imminent danger. Those two different words, I think, are the the nexus of the discussion. So. We have one that says imminent, but I'm hearing from my constituents that immediate might be more appropriate, meaning what steps do you take? Are there other steps in between? Maybe sometimes they're not, but maybe sometimes there would be. And also just basic information when an officer says, 
my training kicked in. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What What are those steps that that officer was trained to think and how to respond? Yeah. So that right. The practice, the actual, you know, practice of the training. How does that work out? Um, something that uh, may be of interest as well that we haven't touched on yet is. Um, what authority the council has um, over policies and procedures with MPD um, and what the role of the PFC is, what the role of the mayor is here. Um, I think if we can get some clarification on that, that might help this body um, determine which recommendations might be appropriate. Mm -hmm. So maybe just one really big focus on on that. Okay. So now we have a series of discussions. Um, I'm not really quite sure, um, since I didn't make the agenda, what, but at least it's making movements. So number six is um, discussion of the development of an engagement plan to be supported by the ResJ team. What does that mean? I, I can speak to that. Um, so what I'm passing around and um, will later be attached to the Legistar file uh, is a City of Madison document um, issued by the Racial Equity and Social Justice Initiative. Um, this, the Racial Equity and Social Justice Initiative, um, which is a staff team in the City of Madison, is um, looking at ways to, there are some extra copies, uh, looking at ways to improve community engagement. So we actually had a visit from um, the Office of Community Engagement in Dubuque, Iowa. They came to Madison and they talked to us a lot about the different types of community engagement, basically the levels um, or the the level of intensity along a continuum. And so um, quite often we find ourselves in the city at the basic level of engagement, which is informing the public about what we're doing. Um, we tell them through a variety of channels um, what we're up to, what we're going to do next, what we already done, um, and it addresses just immediate needs. We do that through media releases, pamphlets, um, translated information, staff outreach, social media. But there are four more categories of engagement which are more involved and more in, um, resource intensive. Um, the next category of engagement is city consults, where we gather information um, from the public on usually a city-led project that may involve focus groups or interviews or community surveys. The third level of engagement is when the city engages in dialogue when we really engage with community members to shape the city priorities and plans. That's a two-way channel of communication. Um, We have to have multiple interactions with the public to do that. It's a medium to long-term process um, and helps us reach complex um, solutions. That may involve things like forums, advisory boards, stakeholder involvement, development and advocacy and testimony workshops, community-wide events. So you can see it, it becomes more involved. Um, The next level is when the city and the community work together in shared decision-making. That involves a two-way channel of communication, multiple interactions. It's medium to long-term. That could involve um, advisory boards, coalitions, and partnerships with different parts of the community. Maybe that's um, partnerships with other organizations. Um, And then finally, 
the ultimate um, step in full community engagement is where the community directs the action themselves, and then the city would implement it. Um, so that would be a two-way channel of communication with multiple interactions over a long term. Um, that involves community-led planning efforts, community-hosted forums, collaborative partnerships, coalitions, um, and policy development and advocacy. So um, I walked through that today because I think it's um, important to decide amongst uh, the committee here how involved you want to be and at what level of engagement you're really truly seeking um, through this process. Um, my understanding from the discussion is that information is not enough, but the question is, do you want to be consulting or do you want to be having a really productive dialogue or do you actually want to be working with the community to identify solutions? And um, as you're making that decision, I think that we actually have a lot of resources within the city, city staff um, to support community engagement. Um, and the racial equity, the staff from the Racial Equity and Social Justice Initiative um, stand available to help us develop a robust community engagement plan depending on the needs of the committee. Um, and to be a resource for us going forward as we implement that plan. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure that you know the answer to this question, but I just want to throw it out there. We all received an email from the mayor about RESJI saying that um, they needed to, I'm using my words, not his, but they needed to reassess where they were at. And so are we sure that we yeah, have a check? A ch check. Are, are we sure that we have staff ready and available to help us with this? I think, I think the answer to that is yes. I think that particular um, communication was focused on um, the analysis tool. So, but I think that technical assistance to implement a community engagement plan is available. Thank you. Mm -hmm. and so I guess the question is, do we, are we fluid in the, I assume we want to be at least one step above in forms. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. then you get, you know, to get really meaningful input takes some serious work. I mean, when I think of parts of my neighborhood, I would wonder how would you get certain people out to a meeting unless you went to their house. So, you know, what's the standard of success for getting a broad array? I mean, is it geographic? Is it certain sectors where we know the leaders, but they go down and they help bring people out? I mean, what kind of measurements should we expect and hope for? No one has an answer, though. Yeah. <laughs> she will. <laughs> so um, I would hope from, at least from my perspective, that will at least be in the purple category. Mm -hmm. It's hard to it's it's hard to move us. You know, aspirationally, we should always be in the green category, but you know, <laughs> in the realistic ways of doing things. I mean, if we could be as close to and, and as often, because I, I think there's things that we're going to move back and forth, but as often as possible, being in the purple. Um, um, boxes that that would be really important. So, I guess, so how we would go about doing it? I don't know that we need to find a, a, a 
an answer no since the offer is that there is a willingness from the team to maybe um, come up with a possible plan. We had, we've had some idea that move us at least from City Informs to City Consults, which is like let's have a page and have some information out there that's not just register. But I think um, let's you know take you up on the offer, in my opinion, to um, provide us a framework on how we would do that. And then at our next meeting, we can look at that framework and decide um, how much of it can we take on and how much of it we can't and, you know, what's, what's realistic and not. Um, and at the very least, I would say that being transparent with that is already a step further than we mm -hmm. usually are. So if we decide that, hey, you know what, it would be wonderful if we could go knock on um, people's door because that really would be, certainly would be green, um, but we just don't have the bandwidth capacity mm -hmm. and we are we know it's not as as much as we would like to be but here's the reason why we've ended up here and for certain things we'll end up here and let's just be transparent about that because I think that it is part, part of the um, the issue that we see is that you know our people here are pretending sometimes to be, to be doing things in a way that does that's not the, the way it is um, so I take this. I mean, if you're offering, hey. Oh, just a couple things. First of all, I mean, going back um, on our web page, could we also have a place for the community to write to us? Mm -hmm. And perhaps you can summarize comments that you get and give them to us? Because. Um, I think that's one thing that we it would be easy be easy for them to um, communicate with us in that way and not having to be here or to reach out in other ways and we get their ideas about what we're doing and, um, that would be simple um, just going back to needing to do this work in a certain time frame and Certainly, looking at others to inform how we could this be how this could be done, but if we're talking about advisory boards and stakeholder involvement and workshops and community-wide events, that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I'm I totally agree. It's probably worthwhile because you get good information, but we just need to be cognizant of that in the time that we have and, and the staff that we have. So that's going to be given more bodies to do this work, which would be great. But if we um, don't, everyone has a day job already, so we need to make sure that we're not overburdening or somebody needs to be freed up to help us if this is a priority. And I agree with you, Alder, about getting people to meetings because we face the same thing. <laughs> but saying that, I think we really need to get people who have not spoken before, not the representatives, but actually the people who are closest to the problem mm -hmm. because those are going to be the people who have the solution. And I think we have heard enough of the... You know, a lot of the rhetoric, I think we know where they're coming from, but now it's time to actually, the people who are affected, which includes the victims, 
And I think that's something that's been lost in this conversation. And I, we deal with victims all the time. I am the commander of investigative services. I have the violent crime unit, the gang unit, the special investigations unit. And we are dealing with people who are hurting out there. And we need to find out what they need in order to get them out of this trap that they're in. It seems to me there are organizations out there that if we asked if they were interested and wanted to hold, organize our own people and invite us, mm -hmm. some of us could be delegates and go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems different than us organizing. I mean, we certainly could talk about, as we talk about the locations, say, okay, let's strategically go to certain areas and then work with, you know, our, our contacts in those areas and those in those sectors to reach out. So it seems like we need to have, like, our own stuff we're doing and then trying to tap into what might already be there or ask them to help create something for us. That methodology was actually what was used by the YW um, to for community focus on body cameras, body-worn videos, as they went where people were already to meetings that were being held. I think that's an excellent idea. Okay. You know, again, I mean, I think... We can leave it to the RS okay. yeah, team to come up with. I'm sure we're not mentioning anything that they won't yeah. think of. So if they can, but look at it as a, I think the reason that, I'm, again, I'm taking you on on doing that is because you, you, I think finding that balance between this, we want to be, again, kind of, I think everybody agreed that if it could be, if it could reach purple, we already have stretched yeah. our usual ways yeah. so here's where we are what kind of plan can you develop around that within the you know the parameters of knowing what our lives look like as highly paid elders <laughs> so at the next meeting Heather we'll probably have some more of this framework we're talking about yeah well, is there more that we could add to that or should we move on Number seven, um, information and other presentations which should be provided to the work group. I know the CRT has offered. Um, the ACLU has offered to give a presentation and a model ordinance around um, doesn't really have to do with use of force, but as we're talking about policy recommendations around policies, um, council policies for equipment, especially surveillance equipment purchased by po the police department. Oh, okay. So I don't know if we have policies for whatever, you know, general policies for the use or non-use or, you know, how information is shared or not. Um, but they have offered to help us if we decide to go in that direction in this committee with that. I'll actually be interested to have the, the, the CRT do a presentation about kind of their goals, what, you know, their group. Again, I think that some people more than others may really have a good perspective of who they are, what their goals are, what they're working on, et cetera. But 
again, oftentimes it's kind of this silo information. You get, you know, they're, they're come to appear before a committee to present or before the council to talk about this specific issue. And again, I agree that we may have heard that, but I'm looking to, okay, like, in this context. In this context, in a more global context, you know, what's, what are you working on? What are your kind of goals? Um, who's in the group, et cetera, just so that I have a more in-depth understanding. I missed the group's name. The CRT. The community, yeah. To see more about who they are. Yeah, just in a short they presentation, yeah. you know, like. I would also add that I know that Representative Chris Taylor has been collecting data and working on statewide um, legal changes, and she's more than willing, we've talked about it more than once, to come here and present her the information with her staff that she's collected, and so at least we know what, you know, because at some point some of the answers are not at our level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pardon me for jumping in. Um, I think it, it might make sense to have a formal presentation from the ad hoc um, review of police policies and procedures at some point. And then also, um, I'm not sure who might be the most appropriate, but I, um, Dane County did uh, a great deal of community outreach when it was looking at um, racial disparities in the criminal justice system. They had a subcommittee focused on disparities in arrests. I think it might be really interesting to hear um, from that subcommittee about um, their, I think they had 12 recommendations to reduce racial disparities in arrests. Um, and then I think that, um, and this presentation might come from MPD, but the, the United Way report on recommendations um, to address um, excessive force in Dane County would be a really interesting presentation because they did a year plus worth of work on the local conditions on excessive force. So, I mean, that might even be a, a good opener. So we've come up with like more than a half a dozen presentations, <laughs> and we have a six to nine month schedule. So do you foresee having at every meeting, like some part of it would be a presentation and then something else, or, or like uh, one meeting where there's several in a row and we kind of just get hear a lot of information to process later? What are your thoughts, Denise? Yes, I think that we need to have stuff at every meeting. And I also, understanding how busy everyone is, but we may need to meet more than once a month. And if it comes down to, okay, we're making great headway and we don't need to meet as much, that's a good place to be rather than understanding that we've got so much to get to in a little bit of time. So at the beginning, just knowing that we're going to need to meet a couple times a month to, to um, get some of this foundational work and understanding um, behind us so we can build on it is something we need to consider. But we have a vice chair. <laughs> that is why we said. No, I think we can. I mean, so our, our big, I mean, our scheduling challenge, as you all know, is going to be we're also going to, and I'm just saying that so the public knows this, we're also entering into our budget period for the council. So it's always busy, but it's, 
extra busy in October and November because we have these additional meetings and an additional workload of um, going through um, the city budget. So, and then there's holidays and everyone kind of you know, does that. What? what? I don't know about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Even up my. <laughs> I'm happy to meet. <laughs> so. We'll have Lisa pull out her hair a little during this period, then, I guess. I think you are the five busiest alders. It's very difficult. To, yeah. Well, but the work is the work is important enough that if one or two of us can't meet, but at least three can, I think. I think we trust each other to do the work in a good way, and one or another of us is absent. Yeah. So, Lisa, meaning you don't have to find dates that all five are definitely there. I know. We like each other. And we would like it, And we would like it, too. So I kind of heard Heather say maybe the next, or a soon meeting, the next meeting would be this county subcommittee. Is that something we would ask her to help set up whenever... The next meeting is? You de- or United Way? The United, United Way. Okay. Uh, but that depends if um, if MPD wants to present that and if they that would they'd be ready to do that or if, or if someone else from that task force would present. Um, but I would suggest that would be a possibility. No, Kitra Burnett from United Way contacted me and was interested in, in also... Talking and presenting that information, so I think it's. So that's something we should work on for the next meeting. Any other ideas for presentations? So are we? I mean, so I'm trying to, you know, and, and again, I think. We, we can talk offline and we don't need to decide the schedule, but I think if we start with that, I think it's, my, my question is how far we're going to go with the information about use of force then at that first meeting and, how, you know, how much presentation do we want, just this one, this one plus some additional information and then start discussion or how do we want to do it, but we can, I can for you to Okay, so the, the last discussion item on our agenda is the schedule and frequency of meetings, and then I would add location mm-hmm. of meetings. And would that be best brought up with the RSGI location? I mean... We could make some proposals. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe at the next meeting. Then we how you're going to do community outreach. So that feels like uh, an organizational meeting like 1.1. The To have a meeting, maybe even just to talk about that before we get the United Way. Like maybe we could do that in the next couple weeks. A meeting about community engagement? Just about... About that, like not wait for a month because if we need to do that first and then we're going to have the United Way and then like maybe we could do that a little bit sooner and have it a shorter meeting, have it really just be very specifically topic, how are we going to do community engagement. So are we talking about doing two meetings a month? Is that? I heard that. I I kind of feel like. Yes, I think we need to. I do too. I agree with you. At least for a little while. 
Maybe forever, but at least for a little while. Forever for six months. Six forever, months. forever for six months. Okay. <laughs> That's only 12 meetings. We've got a lot to get through. The first, the next meeting, then we would want to do more kind of like little organizational work with getting our plan of action. And that's because at some point we could just pick to have a meeting somewhere else and then have ResJ help us further pick places. So we don't necessarily have to wait for them. I'm sure we could say, let's have one. Yeah, at I mean, I, I do Urban League or Goodman Center or I don't right. know, East Police Station or, or wherever you want library. Do we have to have a separate meeting for that? I mean, can't we do that and have a presentation? We're fleshing it out. I'm, I don't know. I just. But if we're not, if we're not, if we don't even, if the community doesn't know to be there, they're missing a presentation of really important information. And if we don't have our plan ahead of time. That's true. That was my thing. That was yeah, my thinking. It is yeah. such urgency, you know. Yeah. That Maybe we have three meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> okay, so do we have let me just start with one. Should we just assume the next meeting is in City Hall or should we look for another location? I will. I would suggest that it be at another location, and but that you know. Let's let's have it. At, I mean, like the Southside library, library, library. I and mean, it's not also very. There, there is only improvement than MMB mm. two sixty. Right. <laughs> it can only make it better for accessibility for anybody, any constituent. So I think, and again, I mean. I, we're all alders. I mean, we do right. grassroots community meetings as part of our day-to-day -day, um, work. So it's not like we don't know places and, and ways to that places that are good places to meet in community in neighborhood settings. So I just picked that because. Could I just get like three suggestions? For sure. The Northside Library, the Southside Library, and. Yeah. Penny or Meadowood or pick a pick a library. Oh, Three libraries. Libraries. Library. Library Central. Was room for but not central. But, but not, not central. central. Yeah, room. Yeah, has a big enough room. And then That's City Channel also has to be invited to it. Correct. Oh, sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> its own conference. Okay, so I will. That will give me a little. Oh, the Urban League also has a nice room. Um, that they used for the ad hoc committee and city yeah. channels used to setting up there. Yeah. So, just another possibility. Okay. And then, so I think we can start that meeting with the recommendations of RESGI for community engagement. And what about time? I think seven o'clock is kind of a late time. It's late. And libraries close, some of them at 8. So yeah. I'm thinking 6, 5.30, what are you? So I would suggest that that particular meeting, because it's not a discussion of topic meeting, but more of a, I guess, called organizational meeting, it's, it's probably the one that matters to miss as far as the time. 
again because it's not we're not getting into the the topic my take so it could be and it should be a short meeting so it could be before one of our other meetings like I said yes for again the only reason I say that is because it's going to be just about okay how, how do we set up our community engagement puzzle well, that's my take. Well, I would say at least 5 or 5.30 because if anybody from the community is coming and they work they'll be able to mm-hmm. make it or we do 6 library is closing you know Okay. We can, yeah. I mean, yeah. Although That's I have people too. Also, Lisa, if we're talking about room for 50 people, I mean, I know the Penny Library doesn't have room yeah. for something like that, but Warner Park does and Goodman does, and, you know, there's community centers that certainly have that space. I only want options in case people are busy. I mean, and... and but also, I mean, when, when you, you here's my question: When do you want to schedule this next meeting? Within the next two weeks? Yes. Yes. So, depending upon <laughs> schedules, um, you can also. Call I mean, this is uh, this is October, by the way, of when we cannot meet. So, we're going to be pretty limited. Um, these are dates that are either Jewish holidays or budget related or. Well, the 13th and 14th. I'm not here. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying the early part of October, those those dates are really, um, you know, because now you're getting into budget season. So it's going to be a challenge. Um, so what I'm going to tell you option. right now is you may or may not all be there. Right. We know that. So, um, and which is why I was like, for that one, Again, I'm not saying we should meet at 6, which, by the way, again, some people don't work 8 to 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's as my, one of my pet peeves is that we, we always think that evening meetings work for people, but for a lot of the people that I work with, it's the opposite, but that's... That's on a side note, but so I don't know. So that's why I'm saying that one, it, it's because it's an organizational meeting. They just try to get it done so we can actually get to the business that people expect us and to get to. And they work during the daytime because they're city staff. And they work at night. <laughs> right. I mean. um, okay, so I will try and get this uh, scheduled in the next two weeks. Captain Wheeler, are you on vacation anytime then? Or? I could be. So watch for a doodle.com poll from me, and hopefully we can come up with the best yeah. date. That we would. Mm. I just want to throw something out there quickly, and that is, would people for this next meeting, okay, would people be available to meet over the lunch hour? Yes. And just get it done? You're not. No, Marcia's not. Unless you want to come to the DOR lunchroom. Why not? Where is it? Why not? The Sheraton? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Where is it? 45 to 12.15. Rimrock and Rusk. Rusk and Rimrock. And the Beltline. Oh. 
But I really probably shouldn't have a like. Probably noticed that might not be. Yeah, I don't know if they'll let City Channel in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that might be easier to find than an evening in the next two weeks. Okay. All right. I'll work on it. Thank you. Any other items that people want to discuss on, on, what's on the agenda? Okay, so we'll adjourn it. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you.